final stage is go back to the grief. Go back to the love, the, the last love. I want to bring back love in the world. Love is compiled by happiness, strength, and health. If you radiate good energy because you are healthy, happy, and strong, that's love. So love is my mission. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Exploring Kodawari. I'm Luke, and this episode is not an interview. It's just Yanka and I having a shorter discussion about something called the Wim Hof Method. If you haven't heard of Wim Hof, he's a Dutch man known as the Iceman. He set many world records in the area of cold exposure, including running a half marathon on ice and snow without any shoes. He's also climbed Mount Everest in nothing but shorts. And he teaches thousands of other people to accomplish these kinds of feats as well. In fact, he claims that we all have this potential, but that our modern lifestyles prevent us from accessing these deep parts of our minds. His training method involves a particular type of breathing, graduated cold exposure, and different types of meditation. And it's not the type of bullshit thing that you're probably picturing as you hear me say this. For one, he's put himself and others through this training with amazing results. But he's also subjected his method to scientific testing, and he's been able to show remarkable things that conventional science would say is impossible. These studies and other sources are all linked in the episode notes and on our website. And also, Yanka and I have been engaging with the Wim Hof method since February. We've been doing his breathing as well as as taking cold showers and even an ice bath. And the results shocked us. We both really took to it, and we felt like it had a really positive influence on our energy towards life. So anyways, in this episode, we talk about the basics of the method, along with the psychological and physical benefits that we've noticed over the last five months. All right, don't forget to check out our website, exploringkodawari.blog, where you can find more detailed show notes and other articles. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider helping us out by leaving a rating and a review in your podcasting app, or you can share us with a friend or on social media. And if you really want to help us out, consider supporting us with a donation through PayPal on our website. Links for that are in the episode notes. It will help us keep this project going. All right, that's it for now. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy the episode. So yeah, I will have already um, introduced Wim Hof like and say like his records, you know what I mean? The Mount Everest stuff, the crazy ice stuff and all that. But um, can we just start with how we sort of got into Wim Hof, how we encountered him? Sure. Go ahead. (laughs) all right okay ah i don't exactly remember i think you discovered him first and then showed it to me and then i started getting into it i'm not exactly honestly sure that's why (laughs) i didn't answer so there was two versions i got into it there's the recent one where we got into him enough to like stick with the method for a while and we'll get into what the method is exactly maybe we'll even take a few breaths to show at least the breathing one Mm -hmm. unfortunately we can't record a podcast in a uh, ice bath Right. Probably can't, yeah. So, um, actually, it was in 2015, maybe it was 2016, but I'm pretty sure it was in 2015, I took a, an audition in somewhere in Pennsylvania, and on the way back, I heard him on a podcast for the first time, mm-hmm. and this was before I knew what it was. I just thought, like, oh, this cool breathing method, this guy says you get supercharged, and he did all these crazy things that should be impossible, blah, 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 blah. 
And um, I was on the New Jersey Turnpike driving back and I started trying the breathing just because- As you're driving. Because he was showing it, yeah, but- Great idea. I mean, I didn't know what it was, but then I started feeling the classic symptoms of lightheaded and, and buzzy and I was like, oh shit, like <laughs> I gotta stop that right now. Um, I sort of finished that podcast a day later, got into trying the breathing. This was in 2015 for- I don't know, a couple days. I talked to my friend about it. We both tried it, had some cool things to say about it, but I kind of just, it fizzled away. I never really tried the cold showers or the ice paths. I just did the breathing here and there. I just thought like, okay, interesting. Don't know what's going on here. And I forgot about it. Yeah. And then in 2020, I guess, right? This past February, yeah, um, we saw it on, of all places, the <laughs> We saw Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop. What's her show called? Goop Lab. Goop Lab. And also her brand is called Goop, where they sell vagina-scented candles, which is amazing. So <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird place to encounter this, but it is actually a good um, sort of stress test because this stuff gets in trouble for being... Uh, do you know what woo-woo is or woo? Isn't that like just... Try to say it. Woo-woo? <laughs> yes, that's fine. I can pronounce my W's now. Um, isn't that like just scientifically like Yeah, it's bullshit? like, the, like the, the the sort of like new agey bullshitty like chakra crystals, like the yeah. kind of thing if you're if you're scientifically literate, if you're into science and stuff, you would pretty much go like, Yeah, I'm not gonna waste my time, certainly not my money on that kind of stuff. But his methods are scientifically well, backed yeah, up. That's so what that's what we want to get into. Yeah. I'm just saying this is not woo woo. It's not. Even though it on in a lot of ways on the surface might appear woo woo and it appears on a woo type show like the goop lab it's actually i think a lot more yeah also there was a documentary before this goop lab thing on the oh yeah this is this just came out recently yeah it happened to remind me and i went back and watched all the old documentaries too like the yeah when Hoff has been a thing for like 20 years i would say like oh god yeah i mean he was setting the records personally for a while exactly and then starting in 2007 he started to say I'm not trying to like trick people into this. I, I genuinely want to help people. I want to figure out what's going on. So he started taking his method into the lab and, and letting scientists and doctors and whatnot like study him and take blood samples. And he does things like sit in an ice bath for an hour and his core body temperature doesn't change at all, right? Yeah. He set like so many world records just doing that kind of stuff. So it's not as scientific as say, you know, the, the prescription medicine you might take for whatever condition you have, because it's not been put through as rigorous of a test. Because science hasn't really experimented with like how it hasn't gotten that there works. Yet. Exactly, like they cannot really prove it. Well, but I, I think the most important research that, um, about him, like, and we'll attach it probably to the episode. I'm gonna put right? a bunch of links in this. Yeah, the mo I think the most significant one is that where they injected him with the E. coli bacteria, or like, wasn't that E. coli? Yeah, we'll link this study, like but I think it was in 2012. So mm -hmm. his method has many different, um, what would you say, purported benefits. Mm -hmm. One of them is like autoimmune conditions seem to go away in a lot of people. Um, but he claims to have, the, the basic thing he does is he claims to have control over what's called the autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. That's like your lizard brain and things that control your breathing, your heart rate, your hormone regulation, um, oxygen versus CO2 levels in the blood, like reading that and deciding how fast your heart should beat, how much you should breathe, those kinds of things. Mm. 
And he's shown what people thought was medically impossible, which is to have control over those deep parts of your brain somehow. And he even has enough control, like in this study you just mentioned, where he can he can make his immune system activate just by conscious will. Yeah. Basically, he was injected with E. coli bacteria. Well, a dead I'm- version of it. It's like an... Um, they they don't give you the version that would actually make you sick. They give you like a dead version that your immune system still thinks is alive. I mm-hmm. believe this is how it and works. And then he didn't get sick. And you're and you so most people that get injected with this, the immune system kicks in, and you feel flu-like symptoms, achy, feverish, because your body goes into this "I'm fighting an infection" mode. And he showed that through this conscious breathing and meditation that he does. It's a particular method. You can download the app or just try it on his website or on YouTube or wherever. He it's very accessible. It's free. Also, he's not really like selling anything. I mean, he is selling some stuff, <laughs> yeah, but, but not, like not the, in the way that you would you would call bullshit or or think that he's deceiving you or something like the that. The core information, like the core idea, is I don't think he's selling it. Like it's for free. You can just access My, it. You take thirty breaths and you know hold. Oh, the information. Then, he's certainly not. Yeah, like, and then it's that's not cold, like the secret thing. Yeah, he doesn't sell supplements. He doesn't do anything like which is. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. does make money doing these That's seminars the around the world, but, you know. You don't have to train with him in order to do the method. Like, that's... No, yeah. I mean, we've been using his app. I think I finally paid, like, $2 to get a few more videos unlocked because it was, like, one ninety nine or two ninety nine, mm-hmm. something like that. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I my read on him is that he's a genuine person, yeah. sometimes a bit overly confident and cocky and... That's I, a European thing, though. <laughs> I mean, I don't, whatever it is, <laughs> I, I've heard in, in enough interviews where he, he gets... The, the the interviewer and him don't sort of um, jive quite as well. I don't know if you've heard enough of them, but um, he, he can be a little bit weird. But he strikes me as a genuine person. And how he found this was, do you know his like backstory? Yeah, his wife yeah, what, committed suicide, isn't it? Like jumping out a window, right? Yeah. He, I, I think she, she suffered from depression, from what I know, her entire life. And they had like, how many kids? Like three, four, I think three. something At like least that. three. Yeah. Or at least two, but I think three. And then, yeah, I think that was his way of kind of handling it. I don't know how he came to the conclusion that he should expose himself to cold. The specific story is that he, I mean, he was just having a shit time. And um, at one point, I guess he was in a park and he's from a place where it's like cold all the time, or certainly the winters are really, really cold, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he saw a cold, like, I don't know if it's like a pond or lake or something. And he just tuck his clothes off and went in. And mm-hmm. and so one of the things that this cold does, I don't know if anyone listening, if you've ever been in extreme cold, we only did the ice bath once yeah. and the bathroom kind of flooded. That was weird. <laughs> it didn't sound right. It really um, did not. But. but otherwise I've taken probably hunt, however many days between like February 1st and today, like showers. almost all showers have been that they have become cold. like a pleasant experiment. Not not necessarily. It's summer, Sometimes pleasant. Why, at at yeah. some point in it, there's always a sense of like peacefulness and, and stillness and, and pleasantness. But um, often before, after, and sometimes during, you're just like, screw this, screw this. I'll go, you know, like yeah. it's the worst. Um, so anyways, you, you can re- watch some of these Vice documentaries and other things that go into his life story to get a full context of like, how he discovered this stuff and, and all of that. But I just kind of want to get into like, let's just first say what it is and then sort of talk about our own subjective experience of it. I don't want to like 
pretend I'm a medical expert and go through that detail. I'll link all that so you can if you want to. And I've read some of it. It's really cool. And there's lots of videos of him doing the studies. Check them out. But I just want to talk about the subjective, like how it's changed us. And when I get away from it for like a week and I don't do the breathing, I just did the two rounds of the breathing and a completely cold shower, you know, like mm -hmm. for the full four minute shower or whatever. And yeah, you just forget, like you come out and you just How feel better. It feels, of course. I mean, literally like we're just a bag of chemicals and our happiness and emotions mm -hmm. kind of come from which chemicals are in the right balance and endorphins, this, I, I don't know, the, sure, yeah. I don't I was, know all the terminology, but yeah. you just feel good. Yeah. What they call runner's high, you know, like after you run and, and exercise hard and you get that just like blissful feeling, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I was on such a nice streak. I also like fell off the wagon a little bit. But quarantine yeah. life. Exactly. <laughs> I thought like, I'm going to do wind hop every day in quarantine. And then like a week went by, I was like, oh, whoops, I forgot I know, to do right? that. Yeah, I mean, it's been a couple of days that I, I think, like I was doing fine until like well, a couple Well, I of think days. starting today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna aim at um, yeah. doing it consistently again because it always feels great. But what I experienced is like, I, I mean, Luke and I had this car accident like two years ago and I've been just, like I had a messed up back for some reason. It wasn't horrible. It, it wasn't was like horrible at all. Yeah. High speed, but um, for some reason it really, it really messed, messed my, up your back. Yeah, exactly. So um, I've been kind of pain on and off since then. And then I really think that like when I breathe, like the way I breathe in those like, you know, sessions afterwards, like for some reason, like almost every time consistently, not like temp like permanently or anything, but my pain kind of subsides, like almost like my muscles kind of relax. Like they get some, they so, need some sort of oxygen and they are not getting it. And I feel like I'm just giving that. Well, so muscles. his, well, no, his claim, and it, it, this is why it's worth reading the science a little bit because his claims and, and or what he says in the actual, like leading a session, I think those are actually important to, to hear what he says and believe it. But what he says is often not quite right. Like he says, like, we're super oxygenating the blood. and Yeah, I mean, he explains it in his like broken, funny English. Yeah, and but... his English is a little sketchy. So that's part of it. But like what's really happening is I think you're, you're definitely getting more oxygen into places, right? Like one of his exercises is you do as many push-ups as you can until you can't do any more right? Yeah. Let's say you're totally out of shape and you're not working out at all. You might be able to do 30, maybe 20, <laughs> maybe 40. Maybe one. It, it depends. Hey, you have weak arms. <laughs> uh, Zero. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you might not even be able to do one yeah, or you'll yeah. need a new I've arm surgery after that. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, but so you do as many push-ups until you're totally tired, your muscles are dead. And then you do a few rounds of this breathing thing and, or even just one round, right? You take 30 breaths yeah. and let's just, demonstrate real quick what the breathing is. It's so it can be like through your nose as well. I think for a oh, lot yeah. of people, it's very difficult Maybe to it's even naturally. Better through the nose. I, I would say so. It's, I, I think he's just saying like, just breathe. Like, don't think but about the it. But the idea is know? all the way in, let go. Yeah. All the way in, let you go. You do like 30 of these or I do ideally 40, yeah. 40 is fine. Um, so the, uh, uh, I do 40. Wait, I do 40 too. Yeah, yeah in, the app, right? in the app, there's 40. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, you can go to retention up to 30, I guess. He says 30 a lot, but the app does 40, but you can actually just d stop after 10 if you that's get really true. uncomfortable. And I will say if, if you do decide to give this a try, 
do, you have to expect that you're going to have that uncomfortable, weird feeling. Yeah, it doesn't feel pleasant at all. At In the fact, moment, you're like, even, oh, what am I doing to myself? It just yeah. feels wrong. It like, does feel wrong. Um, and and I, I can explain at least a little bit of the science of why it feels wrong. But back to the, the sort of push-up thing, after you do one of these rounds, you expel all your air and you hold your breath. And people do like, if they did like 30 as their max and they were tired, they do like 50, mm-hmm. right? He, he was saying on this podcast, I just heard that he was training this Olympic athlete mm-hmm. and um, he had the guy do three rounds of 50 push-ups without breathing. That's amazing. He didn't take one breath. And so what they show in these studies is that, um, you know, when you go to the doctor and they put that little clip on your finger, mm-hmm. it's like an oximeter or something. It measures the oxygen level in your mm-hmm. blood. And most of the time it's at like 99 if you if you're dipping below ninety, like you probably have something wrong, right? Maybe you have probably COVID, have corona. yeah, coronavirus, <laughs> coronavirus. Um, so it's not so much that you're putting more oxygen into your blood, although maybe you are because those meters aren't an absolute meter. They just say hundred is like normal levels for humans, and then like thirty, you're dead. But people who do the Wim Hof method and hold their breath. You know, so in between rounds, you let the last breath go and you sit there without breathing for as long as you can. And then the colors start to change around Things get trippy. (laughs) You know why? Because your blood oxygen level is now dipping, right? And it's going down and down and down. And where other people would be in convulsions and like passing out and and their bodies going into panic, um, people doing these breathing rounds they basically can get as low as 30. Some people get the, 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 the reader, the oximeter thing just doesn't give a number at all because it can't detect enough for its sensitivity. And the reason, so the claimed reason, and um, I've seen a lot of doctors say this, basically you're raising the pH level of your blood. Do you know what pH is? Yeah, uh, we do have the same, like so, p- pH is pH. In so, Turkish uh, um, Water that's totally neutral is seven. And then the scale alkaline goes- Alkaline water is like alkaline eight point is, something. Alkaline is yeah. higher towards the 14 end, which is a base. And, and then on the either one that end, you pay get, $10, bo- $10 per bottle is 9.0. Well, funny, funny enough though, what you're doing with the Wim Hof method is making your blood more alkaline. Because yeah. you're, you're making the pH go from where it normally is in humans, which is like 7.4 or something, mm-hmm. to upwards of 7.7. I think they said some people got up to, up to eight or something. And, and that makes oxygen more bioavailable or something. And you're doing this because you're dropping the CO2 levels in your blood. So it's not quite what he might say, which is like, you're breathing so much, you're just filling your body with oxygen. But I found that if you just imagine that that's what you're doing, it works better. That sort of placebo effect. You just imagine like you're supercharging your body. So you take these breaths in and it's like really energizing. It's definitely beyond placebo. I mean, part of it is obviously that. but So there is a physiological element, but part of it is for sure. Yeah. I don't mean placebo gets used all the time as like a negative thing. Like, oh, that must mean like it's not a real thing. It's only placebo. It's like, well, that's just a stand-in word for this really mysterious quality Mm -hmm. of the body that we don't understand, right? Yeah. I would say so. I mean, I just made a connection in my brain as I was listening to you. I mean, that should be a different topic for a different podcast episode, but TMS thing, the tension, myositis, like mind-body syndrome thing that I was researching about. That This is the doctor. John Sarno. Sarno. Yeah. And him and like a bunch of physicians that follow his like, you know, teachings and stuff. I mean, it's uh, 
they're they're mostly canceled from the science world because they right. it's like bullshit information. Not in twenty twenty. Yeah. Canceled. Obviously, <laughs> like health, health insurance companies wouldn't be making money from MRIs and stuff well, if they there, actually were cured. There's such a sketchy element of like the institutions not liking outsiders with wild ideas yeah. that might turn everything up on its head. And then this and guy, that's good and bad, but yeah, yeah, go on. This guy has like claimed that he's healed like tens of thousands of patients in his lifetime, like from back pain, basically, or all kinds of like unexplained weird body pain. And then he's, what, what his claim was, he's saying for some reason, I mean, he's thinking it's because of repressed emotions, like something that you're running away from, um, your body starts to send less oxygen to certain muscles. And then certain muscles are prone to get this I more see. often, like your tre trapezius muscles, for instance. Like they are naturally prone to, I think, get less oxygen. Which is where you had it happen from the car accident, right? Yeah, like it's been messed up for, I mean, I already had pain there since I was 18 or so, like for some reason, unexplained, all kinds of, but I mean, it really dialed up with the car accident. But anyway, isn't that matching with what Wim Hof is claiming? I think like well, what you said before thing? Um, seems yeah. to match up with it, right? You said before that you feel like when you're doing Wim Hof, like areas of your body are being oxygenized. Like they're, yeah, but they're, isn't that what like they were dying? Cla he's tissue. claiming a little bit. Also? Oh, he's claiming, yeah. yeah, that that you're super oxygenating the blood. I've heard him say that. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, I was just watching the Rhonda Patrick interview with him. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, reading the transcript rather, and. Um, yeah, she's saying you're, you know, you're you're not really adding much more oxygen. In fact, if you do that same experiment with the mm -hmm. the oxygen reader on your finger and you do Wim Hof, it's not going to change change the numbers. much. It does okay. change a little bit, but the point is, it's chemistry is complex, and mm -hmm. I'm not going to be the one to tell you about it. But yeah. basically, it has something to do with the oxygen that's already in your blood. How can the cells actually get it? And and it has something to do with the CO2 levels going down, which raises the pH of your blood, which does all sorts of weird things. Mm -hmm. There are cases, and we'll link some of these, um, where autoimmune diseases are cured. One of the most obvious things, and I, th I think this will sync up with our experience, is it, it seems to fix a lot of the anxiety, panic attack type disorders in people mm -hmm. who didn't seem to get help through... Western medicine ways, yeah. right? Either drugs or, you know, standard therapy or whatever. Exactly. Um, I think one of the most extreme ones are the ones that are like claiming that they recovered from autoimmune diseases. Like, I think that one, guy. Yeah. Like, th there's this guy, Doug. Like, I think it's in, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name right. Doug. Yeah. Doug. Okay. So he's, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I see. You, you're, you said it like dog. I guess so. I have a problem with that name every time it appears. Anyway. So, um, wait, how do you pronounce this syndrome? G G Good, give it your best. I'm not going to, I saw it on the note before and I didn't. We say Gilbar in Turkish, but. All right, let's go with that. I, I bet that's not how you read it. Gilbar? Gilbar. Like yeah. Gilbar. Anyway, he had that syndrome and it was paralyzed like below his waist. He's in one of the videos. I forget yeah, which one. He's doing but... like splits and stuff. He's no, like... I mean like before. He's in the video from before he got cured. Really? Oh, wow. I mean, and they just show how miserable he was. He he couldn't, he was essentially fully paralyzed. Yeah, he was. Barely functional. And and now he's He not made a even, recovery in eight months. He's not recovery. even a normal, sick. how old is he now? 60 something? Yeah. He's not even like a normal 60, average 60 year old. He's like, like you said, he's doing splits. He's athletic. He's energetic. He's got, the people that practice this Wim Hof thing, no matter their age, they have this like life to them, you know, this light behind their eyes. They're very engaged with the world and just 
getting it. You know, they're they're going after things and they're they're fun to talk to. They're they're those type of people. And um I just think a lot of people, myself included, it's very easy to get into those cycles of like the opposite where you're more retreated, your energy's more inward, you're not engaging with the world as much, you're not taking chances. Yeah. And this cold therapy <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, Jordan it's, Peterson it does sync up very, very nicely. That mm-hmm. popped into my head today with, with the, the chapter one the, uh, of his 12 rules, mm-hmm. which is about this crazy idea that the, serotonin, the serotonergic systems that, that we operate on, right? The things that make us feel happy um, are, are tied into things like our posture, right? And, and they go back as far as 300 million years ago when we split off from lobsters. Right. And we have the same basic. So basically the, in the experiment, um, when two lobsters fight, the loser, the posture will kind of close off and they'll be in more of a defeated position and they'll kind of scurry off. Yeah. It could be like a territory fight or like um, mating, something like that. And the winner, the posture opens up and they become bigger. You know how animals often make themselves look bigger to like be in a fight and like, or to make someone not want to get in a fight with them, right? Like blowfish and things. Mm -hmm. So the lobster kind of opens up and looks tougher. Like the drunk guy at the bar who's about to fight, right? He opens up his Mm -hmm. shoulders and looks at you. He's like, come on, man. Come on, bro. You know? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So the crazy thing is though, um, that also like triggers the release of serotonin when you, you know, win a fight and that can be a real lobster fight or for humans one of your just as a metaphor just like accomplishing something that was difficult for you that you actually forced yourself to do and then you can be proud of yourself and and the body rewards you with like this it opens your posture up and it produces there's like a feedback loop yeah and the crazy thing is they gave prozac to lobsters who lost in fights and their posture opened back up (laughs) and they went back and actually tried to fight because the losers tend to just not go back and fight again they're defeated that loop yeah that's true i mean isn't that like what he's kind of recommending like just be with that posture and then it's gonna well, he's saying, why don't you change the posture first? first you have to start exactly. a feedback loop somewhere. Feedback loop. That's and you don't have to win a bar fight to start the loop. You can just <laughs> like do something like take cold showers. Yeah. And I noticed that one of the things I did when I started taking the cold showers, I would turn it on and let it hit my chest. And then I would open up my posture into the cold water and sort of like force myself to be facing the cold water. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but the first time you took the cold shower, what happened? I mean, I was just freaking out. I was just like, <laughs> like yeah. hyperventilating, yep. ventilating. It, it, like your, your body went into auto freak out mode. Yeah. But I don't know about you, my posture also like kind of closed to defensive position oh, where course. your arms come in, your shoulders curl I in. mean, that still happens to me. Also in my first ice, ice bath, remember? I was just like, I can't handle this. Like, yeah. I'm not doing well. But I do remember for, for the ice bath we did, I went in directly after we did the breathing. That's and true. you waited until I did my three f- or five minutes or whatever it was in the bath. Yeah. So you you, you probably would have done better if you did your b- breathing and went directly in. Thank you. Maybe. For co- trying to convince me that I'm not. <laughs> no, we got to do it again. Just baby. be careful about. Yeah. I basically filled the ice, uh, the, the, the tub with um, water and then a bunch of ice and I didn't calculate what my body weight would do in terms of um, <laughs> the water displacing and overflowing. And yeah, yeah it got weird. Oh, so it was just like, like leaving certain areas out. Like I was the like water was freezing low like, enough. Oh, yeah. Your like, knees are sticking out. Yeah, yeah, because like, it wasn't sticking. big enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, 
I was sitting there just trying to focus like, this is so cold, this is so cold. And you're like, Luke, it's, it's leaking. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't fine. care right um, That's true. Also, remember how you fooled me? I was like, I was just going to yeah. do a minute and then, wait, three minutes? And then I did like way longer. I don't remember. You did five. I told, you said I only want to do three. Yeah. And then um, I told you we're just about at three minutes and we were just about at like 4.30. And then when I said, we're actually at 4.30. If you're willing to wait 30 more seconds, you've done five. You, know? <laughs> you actually did that, yeah. It's a pretty good trick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, you was it us talking about it recently? This idea, like a lot of people when they have anxiety, they just, some something's off balance with their autom autonomic nervous system, autonomic nervous system. Um, so the, the, that branch of the nervous system, the involuntary like branch has two sub branches that, that serve to balance each other. Mm -hmm. One is called the, um, the uh, sympathetic branch. That's like the fight or flight keeps mm -hmm. you alert, right? Yeah. When it's super engaged, you're getting chased by a tiger or something, then right? Par par parasympathetic, yeah. And that's what they call the rest and digest. Mm -hmm. Things are safe, right? So the parasympathetic one is like you're in your comfort zone. Things are going as expected. You're home. You made it. You're not in like a weird environment. You know, like even when you go to the city and you have to like take the train, you're on a little bit more alert yeah. than if you're sitting on your couch watching Netflix. I mean, what happens is with like the 21st century lifestyle, I think your sympathetic nervous system starts misfiring. Like, you know, you're not being chased at by the a yeah. weirdest of things. Exactly. You're not being chased by a lion or anything, but you're like, <laughs> not unless like, you're the tiger. King. I'm late for work. Like time to activate. Like why? Or I have this meeting at work time to activate, or exactly. I have this concert time to activate. Yeah. Whatever it is. Just so even or nothing. things. Yeah. Sometimes or it nothing. just activates yeah, because true. like the, the actual, it's not even at the psychology level of your thoughts. It's more at the level of a, your vagus nerve needs to be retrained. Yeah, it's true. I definitely And a lot that. of people say that this cold therapy is a way to retrain that that um, yeah. balance between the, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. Along with breathing, also one of the biggest factors. I mean, they don't breathing specifically general, yeah. say Wim Hof breathing, but they, they say like, you know, longer exhales than inhales yeah. so it usually calms it down, which is... Like, well, the, you know, Wim Hof covers all of them, like breathing, cold exposure. We should also say that it's not like Wim Hof invented this stuff. Also, and he true. did invent his specific method, but what he does is actually um, from what is it called? Uh, Thousands of years. A Tibetan Tumo meditation hmm. that's been around for a while thousands of years also right? my first experience with this type of breeding i was taking a kundalini yoga lesson well kundalini class. yoga is in that yeah. in that same kind of tibetan tradition, exactly. indo tibetan tradition yeah it ha i have tried this like i was obviously at an age that i wouldn't appreciate like i was 18 or something but i did that in a class and it was just so trippy so I that's remember. the classic one where they the monks sit with a wet blanket on them and they're able to dry the blanket by raising their body temperature and there was one study in the 80s that I think it was on Tibetan monks, they showed that they could change the temperature at will in their fingers and their toes by up to eight degrees Celsius. That's insane. How much is that Fahrenheit? Don't ask me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Siri. Hey, Siri, what is eight degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? Eight degrees Celsius. Whoa. 46? Wait, what? 46 degrees oh. Fahrenheit? Oh no, I probably did it wrong. Eight degrees Celsius is is forty six degrees Fahrenheit in weather. Yeah, that's. But like a change of eight is not the yeah, same as a change of forty six. I was like, wait, that doesn't right. sound right. We're gonna, we're gonna just say you it's turn something. Turn into supernova. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? 
No, you would turn into an ice cube. Or the- Normal temperature is like 98 something in Fahrenheit. So uh, if <laughs> you could go, right. I mean, you could go in either direction, I guess. But anyways, so it's an old, it's an old tradition that it involves um, this breathing method, but also lots of visualization. Tumo was the, the fierce goddess of heat and passion in Tibetan Buddhist meditation. So um, you visualize like this kind of fieriness while you're breathing like this. Wim Hof kind of takes this, has his own spin on it, but I bet physiologically it's the same basic thing happening, right? Yeah, I would say so. Um, <clears throat> so cold showers, let's just kind of talk about the psychological aspect of it. Um, as you're getting ready to do it for the first time. So I, I, I took a normal shower, hot water. This was in February too. It was cold, hard month <laughs> to start this. And the way he sets it up in his app is, <clears throat> I think the first day is 15 seconds, right? Yeah. Doesn't seem too bad. Even, yeah. I mean, certainly right now, it seems like the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. It just feels both pleasant. Um, 15 seconds off. But I remember being in the shower and I had committed, it was like February 1st or 2nd. We saw it like right around the documentary, right around the beginning of February. And I just told myself... I'm feeling a little bit in defeat mode, like in sort of like closed in, not facing the world, not being motivated. Um, I'm going to commit to a whole month of of following this program. I, I don't know if it's scientifically, I didn't look up any of that, but I just wanted to force myself to commit I to mean, something. I mean, it sits well in your brain, like the idea that if you can force yourself to do something that uncomfortable, like put us, put yourself in a situation that uncomfortable. Yeah. You respect yourself so much more. And, and when then you, you, don't, you don't believe that you can. Yeah, exactly. You can believe you believe that you can. I, power I don't know about so you. Here. I've never messed with that circuitry in my brain. In other words, when I say to myself that I won't, like I say to myself, I'm not you, Luke, you won't respect yourself if you don't do this thing you said you would do. And so I'm very careful about saying what I'm going to do to myself. Oh, I know. But I remember for something clicked after watching that documentary. And I just said, I need this kind of, I needed a reinvigoration of discipline in my life. Yeah. And like I um, as I was in the shower, I actually started getting nervous. Like my heart was beating fast because I, I, the last memory I had of going under fully cold water was awful. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> And, but I did it and I counted to 15 slowly. I didn't want to cheat my way and go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like yeah. a kid, I was like one, 1,000, two. And I got to 15 and I turned it off and I kind of like the whole time was just kind of dancing in there, just kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Also, getting out is such a nightmare too. You're still feeling <clears throat> awful. Especially in the winter because in the summer, it's actually like kind of feels kind of nice a little yeah, bit. I mean, but, um, and then thereafter, like you increase the time, maybe like, after a few days of doing 15 seconds, you up it to 30 and 45 in a minute. And eventually you're doing like three minutes if you want to, um, which is what I got to within a couple weeks. And now I'm, I'm sometimes I, I just take a completely cold shower. I don't take a warm shower, then switch it to cold. I just go right for the cold. Um, and the biggest change is that not only does my brain not consciously react to it as much, like nothing that I can detect but I can feel my body, it doesn't really react. The first time my heart started freaking out. Yeah. Now I feel my pulse when I put the water on and it's just going like, donk, donk, donk. Just the same. Donk. It's right around the same. Yeah. I have the same feeling. I don't flinch as much. The flinch. Yes. Did I, did I ever tell you about that? The you, book? you read 
the like a part. I don't know. So this guy Julian Quote Smith from- has a book called The Flinch, and I was writing an article a couple months ago. I'll, I'll see if I can remember to link it um, in the episode notes. So I think I called it something like "Learn to Step Out of Your Comfort Zone with Cold Showers," mm-hmm. and it was the idea that. The cold shower is just like the first step. It kind of gets you in that victor mode of like, I'm not going to be deterred by the the uncomfortableness. I'm going to get after it. And so this guy, Julian Smith, calls that the flinch. It's the moment right before, in this case, right before you're going to turn the water to cold and you feel your body flinching away from it. Yeah, before on, it even happens. So Well, yeah, it's it's, but it's on an instinctual level. Yeah. It's like your lizard brain knows i mean deep down in our brains we we're basically either attracted to things or we're repelled by things right and that's like the flinch is like the the basic instinct of like i'm repelled by this thing why would i make my nervous system freak out with the cold right well maybe you're recalibrating anyways he calls it the flinch and and the, the idea of the book is like in all these things in your life, not in one chapter is about cold showers, but it's about a lot of things. He's like, notice the the moments where you flinch towards something. It means you're scared. There's fear there, but it might mean that that's exactly the thing you should go do. The, the, the weird thing psychologically that's holding you back. For musicians, that's often, oh, I can't take that audition. <laughs> I would never, you know, that Thank would be- God I'd never have that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you take anything. I love- Putting myself in embarrassing situations. I mean, I don't love it. It's just no. You're you're better at that. I guess. I, I depends on the on the person involved. Some people are like embarrassed I to apply for something punches. and then not get in. You know. Yeah. Which is like I totally understand it, but um, yeah. the the deeper spiritual thing would be like, what do you mean? Just go after it. Who mm-hmm. cares? You know, you're gonna die one day. Exactly. <laughs> so um, here's how Julian Smith uh, describes the flinch. A moment before. The flinch seems so uncomfortable that you might talk yourself out of this. You convince yourself that it's pointless, but it isn't. It's training. You need to build a habit of seeing the flinch and going forward, not rationalizing your fear and stepping away. And I've definitely had that conversation in my own head. Even just the other night, I I was um, taking a fully cold shower and I was about to not do it. I told myself like, you know what, actually, you're you're getting ready for bed, so like maybe the cold shower will wake you up and you won't sleep well. And then I, I kind of like looked right at that voice. I was like, that's just a made-up excuse. Yeah. The moment that voice starts to like... Talk? Talk in me. Tell there's it to shut the no fuck up. Wait, no, there's <laughs> no way I am not doing that thing. Like, that's how it works. Like, yeah. I just feel like I know. If I'm hearing this, I cannot ignore this. Like, impossible. I'll be like not proud of myself. Exactly. It's just a moral thing for me. I don't know. So... Um, I'm just, I just looked up this poem. I'll read it in a second. Um, that voice that tries to convince you out of doing something, right? Yeah. Okay. Whatever that voice is, you, you better be careful about listening to it. Cause if you listen to it one, one time, that voice is going to get a little stronger. Exactly. It's like a, a plant that you put water on and it gets a little more rooted in and stronger. Whereas that higher voice in yourself that said, no, no, I decided earlier based on this good thing that I wanted to take a cold shower, that it would be good for me. Now my short-term pleasure-seeking and you know uncomfortable avoiding software is saying like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. And you don't want to listen to that. You want to listen to that deeper, deeper presence in your yeah. mind, right? Also one thing, I mean, a little bit out of topic, but... When 
like I, I I would advise. I think like doesn't he also do the same thing? Like if you're feeling like you're, you know, about to have a cold or something like that, if you feel like your body's fighting with something, it might not be the best idea to do that. I guess you should give yourself. I mean, a lot of these things they they stress your body out, right? And your body it turns out it's good to stress your body with like heat, like going in saunas or cold therapy. But of course, if you're already sick, it's not necessary. Because yeah, it happened to me a bunch of times. Like I felt worse. Like, but I was already feeling like I'm about to get sick or something. So, like, I remember I got, like, the chills for, like, a while. It wasn't the most... After it? Yeah. Most pleasant experience. But maybe it's just me. I don't know. So, I think um, it's possible we had coronavirus while we were doing it. Yeah. Well, no way of proving that. I mean, antibody tests are bullshit, I guess. So, here's the the poem about... um, It's this poem, Jack Kornfield, the meditation teacher I heard. And the the reason I thought about it is um, in that conversation, that voice in your head, one voice is like, you, you got the hot water on and it's like, just turn the water off. You'll do the cold shower another time. And then you have this, and you almost listen to it. And then that deeper presence comes and goes, are you really going to respect yourself if you don't do this? You just have to do it. So, um, God, none of these websites are loading. All right, one more time. <laughs> so you'll recognize this poem. And this is sort of like, I think, a, a beautiful poetic way to, to talk about connecting, whether that's through meditation or through this Wim Hof method, with that deeper presence of yourself, not the part that's like chasing after the short-term goals and the little pleasures. And imagine if you listen to that all the time, you would you'd be chaotic, right? There's that deeper presence that's aiming at a deeper, uh, longer-term goal. So this poem is originally in Spanish by Juan Ramon Jimenez. I hope I said that right. It's called Yo Soy No Yo, like I am not I. I am not I. I am this one walking beside me whom I do not see, whom at times I manage to visit, and whom at other times I forget. The one who remains silent while I talk. The one who forgives sweet when I hate. The one who, t- who takes a walk when I am indoors. The one who will remain standing when I die. Do you remember that? Yes, poem? I do. So I think that's calling to that sort of deeper presence in your mind. Um, Wim Hof always says, like when, when he's coaching people through the ice, he's like, go deeper within. And then when the people accomplish that, they go from like, oh, it's so cold. Oh, it's so cold. They, they get into this stillness. Yeah. And I think that's the space of the, what this poem's getting at and what meditation teachers talk about. It's that sort of detached, like it's subjectively, it feels like you're detached from your mind. But I think you you sort of go into that some deeper like primal place in the mind where things are just still and calm. You're not like judging this as cold or hot or, you know, yeah. it's it's a really interesting thing. And so the idea with the cold showers is like, it gives you a really obvious way to understand that dichotomy of like your deeper voice and that shallow bullshit voice that's like, go eat a cookie, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, the other quote from... Um, the flinch uh, that Julian Smith writes is, and this is in the chapter about cold about cold showers. He writes, "Those who are unwilling to face the flinch are obvious too. Their eyes are dead. Their voices sound defeated. They have defensive body language. They're all talk. They see obstacles as assailants instead of adversaries. They're all talk. I love that. Yeah, there's so many of them. Their flinch is the elephant in the room, and they don't want to hear about it." You know elephant in the room, yeah. right? I love that. 
the, the, especially they're all talk, <laughs> you know? Um, and going in cold, like going in the kind of cold ice water that those people do in, when they go to Wim Hof's like yeah. mountain house. I mean, I haven't tried that. Yeah. I haven't gone in water that cold. Yeah. They go in water that's like below freezing. It's a little scary. And so basically Wim Hof has this cabin and there's a waterfall right by this little area. So because the water is moving, it gets below freezing without freezing over. And the um, the Yes Theory YouTube uh, channel, we watched that one yeah. together, I think. They went in there for 10 minutes, which is insane. That was insane. But man, I've never seen, when they were out of there, those people looked happy. You know, they were just like ecstatic, you know. It, it, it really makes you connect to the, like a more primal version of yourself. And you, you know you're stronger, you respect yourself, right? I'm, I mean, I really wish I could more regularly like do the ice baths. It's not very practical here. Yeah, and the cold nice. showers don't often get cold enough. So yeah, that's going to be a problem in our new home, unfortunately. Oh, in Miami? Yeah. The water's not cold enough? I tested enough? the water. It's like, seriously, I was actually we'll figure I was it out there. Yeah. They really don't go colder beyond a certain point. Um, was there anything else that you you had wanted to say about uh, Wim Hof or? I don't think so. I think we covered. You know the respond, not react idea for meditation? Yeah. Right? Of course. One of the basic elements of mindfulness is you learn to not see something to the thoughts. moment it's arising so you're not caught up in it and respond to it instead of react. I think the cold water also helps with that. You sort of like, you know, you just go, okay, the cold water's hitting me. I'm going to have to like change my mental focus, breathe a little more purposefully, but you learn not to react to it. You know, you basically train your nervous system. Just like I feel like in mindfulness, you can train your nervous system. Like when anger arises, you don't immediately engage with it and react to it. You go, whoa, okay, okay, <laughs> take it easy, you know, and it kind of comes up and then you can respond the way you want instead of react or whatever, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I think I have nothing else really here. Um, definitely be safe about it. Maybe I'll put a disclaimer at the beginning too. Oh, like, yeah, don't do it. You have heart near conditions or water, heart don't do conditions. it near water. I mean, somebody almost drowned. Yeah. Ironically you're, enough. When you're driving like Luke tried initially. Apparently. <laughs> the, the guy who almost drowned, the, the irony is that the reason he he passed out in the water while swimming as he was trying this breathing method as a way to get more endurance for swimming. So that's why he passed out and he was at the bottom of his like pool or it was like a gym pool and or something. Wasn't that but like it, a thing? Wim Hof method saved him because he was able to. Yeah. Hold her, his because, breath. He, because he was down there for about 10 minutes before another person in the gym saw, Oh my God, there's a body just at the bottom of the pool. Mm -hmm. And he was down there for 10 minutes, which should kill most people, but he, he made a full recovery. Um, and they say it was because his body was in that alkaline state where, uh, you know, the, the oxygen going down didn't start to don't kill his body. Don't you see that sometimes in movies? Obviously, there are movies. There's no, like, they don't have to be scientifically literate. But, um, you know, like, if our character is, like, about to be underwater, like, the water's rising, like, in action movies and stuff, they take, like, a couple of, like, deep breaths. Like, they hyperventilate, like, Wim Hof, and then go under that. I think they're like, just panicking. No, what, what I'm just saying of? like Mission Impossible type of like movies, like where I mean, maybe our character like, doesn't panic. It's just like a conscious decision oh, almost that they go like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the like last yeah. bit of air like and trained people. Yeah. yeah. Like I think they're not in panic mode. They're in like, yeah, all right, just 
purposefully hyperventilate. So I remember in this training, I was told like, you can hold your breath longer if you do this. It could be that. Yeah. I would be curious if that's a real thing in like Navy SEAL training or something. Who knows? Maybe they don't call it like the Tibetan, this medication. Exactly. Tumo, Timo, Tomo, whatever it's called. (laughs) Tumo. Um, Yeah. uh, I think that's about it. Anything else? Nope. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And Definitely give it a try. I think if you're looking for something, especially in quarantine, feeling stuck in life mode, if you're looking for somebody to sort of slap you into like a more engaged way of living, this could be it. Or you might try it once and hate it. But you, I mean, you'll definitely hate it if you try it once. Yeah. I think you should commit to at least a week and then I would take make a, a decision. Two, three days. I mean, he has an app. Download it. It's, I think, an easier way of getting into it I would rather say, than trying to breathe yeah, by yourself. Do one round of the breathing. You don't even have to do 40 breaths. Get into it gradually. It can be a little bit scary. I've had moments where I can't move my hand. I never had that. I've had moments where um, just like I feel like I'm tripping a little bit, right? Like you you said, the colors start to get weird (laughs) and all of that. Um, It can be a little bit um, anxiety inducing, but on the other side of it, it feels really great. I think that's the idea, right? Cool. All right. That's it. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Exploring Kodawari. If you enjoyed it, we hope you'll consider sharing it on social media and with friends. You can also help us out by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Those help us more than you would think. And if you'd like to help us out in a more substantial way, consider going over to our website to make a donation through PayPal. Links are in the episode notes for this. You can do this as a one-time donation or a recurring monthly donation. All of that support will help us to set aside time in order to create content for the podcast and the blog. And finally, please get in touch with us and say hi, either on social media or privately through email. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and see you next time.